Welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. It is a football Friday. Welcome into the rest of the network joining us for this 11 o'clock hour. That is Grant Bills. I am Ben Kenny. In for Bill today. Bill will be back Sunday night for the Green and Gold Post Game Show, as well as all of next week as we look forward after Packers Bears coming up Sunday night. Badgers on the field Saturday hosting New Mexico State. Oh, it's a grant. The reaction to yesterday was interesting. So yes. there's a lot of talk after Aaron Rodgers meets with the media as there normally is in this state. But after a, a poor showing from the passing game generally on Sunday against the Vikings where Christian Watson after the drop, he gets one target from Rodgers. AJ Dillon is the team's leading receiver. And is that the only reason the team lost? Obviously not. The offensive line struggled a bit. The secondary struggled to contain Justin Jefferson. A lot was at play. A lot of which you figure will be a lot better as they move on from preseason week five or week four, if you will. But the reaction to the offense stuff, there's there's a lot of thought out there that, you know, Rogers says you have to be patient with the receivers. And he's not going to change how he plays. He needs them to pick it up and get to a point where he can really start trusting them with the football more so than maybe he does now. And that lack of trust, it showed up, right? Like AJ Dillon's your leading receiver. That's not really, uh, that's not a path to victory when you move forward. So there's a Twitter poll up now, and we're going to get into this. Who is the most responsible as we move forward and get away from week one? Last year, I, who was responsible? Rodgers and Adams did a lot. It was team-wide. It all worked, right? But Devontae Adams isn't here. The personnel on this offense is different. So where we stand today, who is the most responsible as we move ahead for making this Packers offense work? And it can mean a lot of things. You could go a lot of ways with it. But the three options, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, the young receivers. What say you, Grant Bills? I think... Well, obviously, naturally, as you've gone back and forth with folks on Twitter, it's a combination of everyone. But if we have to pick one and who's most responsible, I think it's Rodgers because Rodgers is best at his job, right? Rodgers, because he's so good and he's been doing this for so long and he has such you know, a, a vast, I think, wealth of experience of different receivers and different situations, that he's got all of the keys and the tools to really tweak and make this work, right? He's, he's got, how do I want to put this? He's, he is the most powerful, the most experienced, the best of the three. Malafleur is a good coach, third year. He's pretty solid. And these wide receivers, I like him. But Rodgers is that man. And I, I like how you worded it earlier, Ben. It's like, who's going to get the most credit if this turns around? Who are we going to celebrate and who are we going to compliment if this turns around? It's going to be Rodgers because he's going to have to create connections with these young wide receivers and really kind of tweak the way he might be doing things for a long time, whether it be with Adams or Jordy Nelson or all these great receivers, it's Rogers. I think that's going to have to figure some things out and, and he will be the one I think that gets the credit when this offense really starts humming. 100%. It's, I mean, football is a game where you kind of live and, and die with the quarterback. However, there are also a lot of scenarios where it's not on them. Uh, sometimes the head coach is a detriment. We see that with Matt Nagy really uh, throughout his entire time in Chicago. Sometimes the yeah. offensive line is a detriment. We've seen that numerous times across the league with great quarterbacks, but still at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about this new, uh, the new look personnel at the receiver room I'm not asking Aaron Rodgers to change how he plays, right? Like there is a reason 
we are talking about him as the guy who is going to drive whether this offense succeeds or not because he is good enough and has shown it throughout his entire career that he deserves to be on that pedestal of A, greatness, but also B, uh, responsibility, I guess, when it comes to the offense succeeding. I don't need him to change anything. He's freaking Aaron Rodgers. But at the end of the day, if things aren't working, and then he is also, I I don't want to use the word stubborn, but uh, stubborn enough, I guess, in that, you know, he's not going to change and it really is the receivers and they aren't along and I can't trust them. I do think there, there have to be concessions, I guess. Like he, it's on him to make all of this work for me. So I say Rogers as well. 61 and a half percent at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter. Agree. 27.6. Do say Matt LaFleur. 10.8%. The wide receivers. It's one of those deals where it is all of them. I understand people answering the different guys, but in terms of most, I don't know how you could look past Rodgers because if it all works, if this offense rises back to the level it was last season, passing-wise especially, it will 100% be because of Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to rush to praise him and compliment him. At the same time, if the same struggles are seen throughout the season, I I think we're, or for the same reasons, I should add. Right, like if their offensive line just gets completely crushed often, and Rodgers just can't do anything with the football, then there is other context to be added. But overall, if we get the same press conference answers with the same, we need to be patient. I'm not going to change anything, kind of deal. Then 100%, the blame should also go in that direction as well. It's an either-or proposition. But when you're that good, that is that is the pedestal you're on. I think that is the standard yeah. that you should be held to. So I don't. I agree, I believe it's going to be good. I believe long term this offense is going to work. I don't mean this to say I don't think it will, but at the end of the day, who is it on to make it work? It's Aaron Rodgers. I think that's clear to me. I get a text uh, from one of my listeners to this studio line from Rock and Rick. Up, Rick. I didn't even think about this. What say you about this, Mr. Ben Kenny? This text says Rodgers is making the most bank. He gets the most responsibility. That's fair. I. Money's tough uh, because, like, when he signed the contract, one could point out, you know, oh, now they can't keep this and they can't do that and they can't do that. I would say yes in a way, but that's just naturally the quarterback position in the NFL. Those guys are making all the money anyway. And even yeah. if even if Rodgers was on a – well, I guess if Rodgers was on a rookie contract, then he wouldn't have reached the point in his career where it's a do-or-die proposition with him, right? Yeah. So, uh, yes – it's the money thing, but it's not the dollar sign amount or what it does with the team. It's just the fact that his stature is large enough where this is, I mean, this is the responsibility he has. Um, I have received some, some comments to the Twitter poll again at Ben Z Kenny. If you want to chime in one says, where's the, all of all of the above answer, because all three are equally responsible to make the Packers offense work. Uh, there's no all the above because the wording is who is the most responsible. There's one answer to this and you can answer it a lot of different ways. I would push back on them all being equal because I don't think they're all equal. I don't think so. Matt LaFleur calls the plays, but who has the final say at the line of scrimmage? Aaron Rodgers, right? Like yeah. there are, that was the whole disconnect between him and McCarthy at the end of the day. So it, it was on, or it is on the quarterback at the line of scrimmage for what play they actually end up running. So I would put Rodgers a little bit ahead of LaFleur, though I do think Matt LaFleur plays a big part of this. And then the young receivers, I mean, I, they're going to do what they can do. It's like the, the yeah. offense isn't going to live and die by whether they come along and whether they produce, because as we have seen, the potential is there. They just have to get the football. 
And it's on the quarterback to do that. And I think Watson and Dobbs, especially, I don't know that we need to talk about Toure or Winfrey or any of these other guys. Well, Amari Rogers is just not, not an option. He's just not even on the offense. Some are saying that Amari Rogers gave up his role on the offense to be the savior of the special teams. It was actually a very selfless move. By, you said that. By Amari. I, I did say that, but who knows? Some others might in the future as well. Maybe join in with me. I, I want to push back on the idea that it's up to the wide receivers to get on board or they won't play. Right? You hear that a lot? It's like, well, the wide receivers are going to learn to do it Rogers way and Lafleur's way, and they're going to fit in or they're not going to play. I get that that sounds like clever and I guess it's right, but also, and I'm speaking to my fellow Packers fans and owners here, we need wide receivers. I, I like, I, I don't want them to not, I want them to play. I want them to play. So saying, well, they can figure it out or they won't play, but I want them to play. We need talented athletic pass catchers on this offense. So I, to me, it's not as simple as they do it Rogers way or they don't do it at all. Well, well, we need someone to play wide receiver, though. And I don't want it to be Cobb and Watkins and, you know, Toure all season long or whoever, Jawan Winfrey. These guys are going to have to meld, yes, and learn to do it Rodgers' way. But until they're really dialed in with Rodgers, I think Rodgers and LeFleur can meet him halfway. Or as I keep saying, maybe not halfway, meet him a third of the way. Just give him a little bit of, you know, help. It's also kind of a question of one side. It's a question of adapt. This is... In the scenario that the receivers don't come around to what Rodgers needs or they don't come along as much as we maybe want them to, it's a question of the ability on one side to come around like that because this Mm -hmm. is who you have on the team. It's not like another guy is going to come in and be your savior. Like, is OBJ out there? Yes. Until I see that actually happen, I'm not going to come into Green Bay. He's also not the savior, Uh, but the Packers will be interested after he signs with another team. Uh, well, of course, it's a question of ability <laughs> on one side and the question of adaptation on the other, where does Rogers have the ability in the event that the receivers don't rise to his standards? Does he have the ability to adapt for the better of the offense? I think he does. I think it will be worked out, but it is on. It, it's a question of can he adapt versus can the other side have the ability to do something? And that's more of a yes or no proposition when it comes to the receivers. Uh, by saying roll out the helmets, I invoked the host of this show on the day-to-day, the D-to-D, Bill Michaels, the big unit. Uh, allow me to invoke the voice of another host that I love, uh, Colin Cowherd. <laughs> Colin Cowherd says all the time <laughs> that he, he, he's not about getting it right. Or What does he say? He's not about being right. He's about getting it right. God. Right? Have you heard him say this? <laughs> I course. think this applies to our world as a whole. We're like, people these days love being right about things even if being right doesn't get you anywhere, you know, like, I, I guess I can't think of a, of an example, but I think with the Packers, I, I think everyone's like, well, these wide receivers can figure it out or they won't play. And then if they don't figure it out, they won't play. And everyone will be like, see, they need to learn how to do it. Rogers way. I was right. Rogers was right. I, I don't want to be right. I want to get it right. As our friend Colin Cowherd says, probably to an obnoxious level. At an obnoxious level, I would agree. Yeah. Though. Yes. I I'm a cowherd supporter. I am too. I like what he brings to the world, but yes, that is an overused phrase at times. I'm with you. <laughs> Some other responses at Ben Z Kenny on Twitter. Uh, keep it. Mark says, keep it simple. Uh, Twelve is supposed to make everyone better. Go pack. And I, that's another. It's like how much do you elevate the guys around you? 
and yeah, we brought up Brady. Like this is this has a chance to be one of the most impressive seasons or jobs that Aaron Rodgers has done because oh, yeah. of what is out there or the lack of what is out there and because of where he is in his career. Like if if they go and they win the NFC and if they win the Super Bowl this year, it will be the most impressive season of his career given the context of everything that's gone on. But I yeah. does he elevate everyone else around him throughout the season? We'll see that. Troy says the offensive line uh, when it comes to all of this, the offense is not a yes or no proposition as to whether, you know, if the offensive line plays well, they win. If they don't, they don't kind of deal. It's a very important piece. But in terms of who's the most responsible for it all to click and all to mesh together, I wouldn't say offensive line. They probably have more of a role than the young wide receivers do in terms of most responsible. They might even have a bigger role than LaFleur does but it still is not above Rodgers for me. I agree. I, I think Rodgers is, he's a chef in this instance, right? And he's given all these ingredients. I think they're pretty good ingredients. Like he's got a, an essentially a first round pick wide receiver. Like there's a lot of good physical traits there, right? Like speed and separation and strength and jump ball ability and Dobbs. They really seem to have something going on. And, and there are good young offensive linemen and, and good running backs. I think there are a lot of great ingredients at Aaron Rodgers disposal and Matt LaFleur. It's up to them over the course of the season to really like bring it all together. I, I like there's been seasons with Aaron Rodgers where he's done a ton with not very much. Like 2016, he didn't really have much going on. He had Jared Cook and an old Jordy Nelson and a defense that stunk, right? And he got that team to an NFC championship game. I think the ingredients on this team are are very, very good. They just need a little prep. Like we need to we need to do some slicing and dicing and seasoning and marinating and we got work to do but it it can be done and I think it could turn out to be a a really good meal to be really obnoxious about this analogy I'm like it's just going to take some work I and could, I think Rogers is up to that task don't you he's really good yes I could take that analogy a step further the ingredients are kind of farm to table vibe he didn't go to some local grocery store some chain with a lot of pra- uh, pasteurized stuff stuff that's been heavily processed and is ready to be made right where that would then be a lot easier you just throw it on the grill and then it's done right instead it's maybe uh, more farm to table you got to use it very specifically i i'm not a cooking connoisseur by any means but you should call bill he can tell us about his traeger or does he have a traeger i i know a smoker something i don't know the answer to that i i assume so i assume so yeah 877-867-1670. The Twitter poll is up. Who is the most responsible, as we move throughout the season, for making this Packers offense work? 62% still say Rodgers. I agree with that sentiment. 27.3% say LaFleur. 10.6% say the wide receivers. Uh, And a couple other responses are all, like, the ball's in Rodgers' hands. uh, And I'm with that. I don't grant the 10% that have answered to this poll. I'm going to be completely honest. I it seems like there's a there's a fright out there when it comes to this offense and this team to ever think that it could maybe if it doesn't work be Rodgers' fault. And this is a long-term view and it's a view that I don't see playing out, but in the event like what if let's play the what if game mm-hmm. for a second. What if mm-hmm. they lose this weekend? What if the offense looks horrible again? I think the tone is a lot different next week no doubt because that's not yeah. just the week 1 loss, it's the week 2 loss against the Bears at home. They're 10 point favorites. I think they win. I think they cover. But what if they lose? I still don't know if the tone from the 10.6%, excuse me, 
would change where I, it'll always be something else when it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, this is, this is our country. This is the way we work now, right? We want to be right. This is what I'm saying. I'm not worried about being right all the time. In fact, it's fun sometimes to be wrong. A little spice of life. It's a fun surprise when I think I'm going to be right about something and I'm wrong. I, I don't need to be right. I want my team to get it right, right? So however that works, if we go through this weekend and, wow, Rodgers is throwing seeds and Dobbs and Watson just don't know how to, you know, make left from right, well, then I'll come back next week. I'll be like, okay, you know what? Actually, these rookie wide receivers, they are behind. You know, and Rodgers is you know, going out of his way to meet them halfway and work with them, right? So, like, I, what my fear is, if the Packers were to lose this weekend, which I don't think will happen, we come back next week, and the pro-Rodgers crowd is more pro, and the anti-Rodgers crowd is more anti, right? That's my fear. And I don't think we should be that way. Yeah. Right? We should be more fluid in what we believe about certain things based on what we see. But we're not very good at that. Yeah, or more realistic when it comes to the game of football, yeah. the quarterback yeah. position. If That's it works... Thing. When it this, works, this fan base, this fan base just isn't used to losing, and, and we think going into a season, we tell ourselves, "Oh, the offense will get off to a slow start," and then they get off to a slow start, and we lose our minds. You know what I mean? Like we're just not good dealing with a team that's not winning. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's the nature of the game. It often is either successful because of the quarterback position or not successful also because of the quarterback position. And as I've said, I will repeat this again so it is very clear. I think they win on Sunday. I think moving forward, this team wins the North. I think they have a terrific shot at winning the NFC and getting to a Super Bowl. And then we'll see. Once you're there, you have a roll of the dice or a bite at the apple, as Mr. Stearns likes to say. And then uh, you see what happens. Maybe you win it. When it's like from week one, it didn't go well offense wise, passing game wise, obviously. When it does turn around, which I'm confident it will, Rodgers will be the first person I will come here and praise because I think he has the capability to make this all work with the guys he has. When I see it, I will be the first one to come out here and compliment praise Rogers for the job he has done. But until we directly see that on the field with this new receiving core and with this new team, I can't be there. And that's why we're having this conversation. They're all in one. So eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. You want to chime in, do it. How do you feel about this offense? Whose responsibility overall moving forward? Is it for this offense to work. Matt LaFleur recently got done meeting with the media. It was short. We'll hear that coming up next as well as Grant Bills. We'll continue this conversation. Packers Bears yeah. coming up Sunday. There is some trouble in Dallas and it has to do with Mike McCarthy. I'll tell you what no. that is next as well. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, welcome back. Bill Michaels Show, Ben Kenny, Grant Bills on this Friday. Packers Bears coming up on Sunday night. Storylines, injury-wise, to watch entering the game. Lazard is one, Bakhtiari is one, Jenkins is another. There are many. Matt LaFleur, just two minutes-ish minutes with the media earlier today. Real quick, let's take a listen to what he had to say. Grant and I will react on the other side. What's the plan for Dave today? Go through some uh, team reps, and then uh, the injury report will be there for you guys this afternoon. Is that why you're doing this before practice? That's not why, no. I had another 
uh, obligation conflict. Uh, what about Lazard? How do you feel like his chances are this week? We'll see. We've got to get through practice. Let's see how he does. Do, do I do ask about Jenkins? <laughs> okay. He's practiced now what, all five days of the two game weeks. How's, how's he looked? Uh, he's done a nice job, but again, we'll see uh, how he looks today and how, how his knee responds and see where he's at. Can't be an easy way to go about game planning. Uh, no, it definitely has created some challenges, but it is what it is, and we've got to do a good job, and our guys got to be resilient, whoever's in there, and just, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of taking it in stride, but it does create some uh, difficulties in terms of you always want to rep guys where they're going to be and get them, you know, that experience and the work, uh, especially when you're going to, up against a, a defense like we're, we're playing. So, um, you know, it does create some challenges, but that's just life in the National Football League. Forgot to ask you this earlier in the week, but uh, is padded practice is going to be Wednesdays every week now? Did you? Is that a yes? That that's the format as of right now. That could change. Obviously, you guys know. The later we get into the season, typically sometimes those Wednesdays become jog through days. So um, that definitely can change. But a big reason for the change is because that's the day we're doing putt punt, and we want to make sure that we're getting the. Uh, reps that we need to in terms of the rushes and blocking the rushes. You mentioned yesterday Dave's practice schedule when he's cleared to play might be a day on, day off, day on. Did, did having the padded practice on Wednesday at all have anything to do with a better schedule for him too? It did not, but it just happens to work out that way. Whether it's Dave or, or Yash, what's the challenge of going against a guy like Quinn who was second in sacks last year? Yeah, Robert Quinn um, got a lot of famili- familiarity with him in my time being with the Rams. Uh, somebody that we've been on part of teams that have gone against him a few times. And uh, first thing that you notice is just his ability to get off the football. He has got great get off and, and can really fly up off the ball. Uh, you got to be on top of your snap count. And, um, you know, it just, it, it's a great challenge. And, and then the next thing that stands out is just the effort with which he plays with. Uh, he has got a r- relentless motor, and he can play a lot of snaps. So it's a great challenge uh, for whoever has to line up across from him. That's good. All right. That is Matt LaFleur. There were many laughs shared again, Grant Bills. some Funny joke. Funny. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Maybe I just don't get the same humor. Maybe you have to be there. Maybe you need to be in the press conference. Or, yeah. You know. One of those situations. I love Bill Huber kind of just keeping things rolling. Like, did no one else want to ask questions? Or <laughs> I, it's not. It's no shade on Bill Huber. I I really like reading his stuff. And Bill's just like friend of the show. So, yeah. You know what about this? What about that? You know, really had to beat up Matt Lafleur for some information today. There it is. I'm, I'm not sure, Bill. I wish I had the answer there. There you go. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, yeah. I mean, not not much there from Mr. Lafleur, as you would expect. Very uh, typical Matt LaFleur press conference. I don't know. We'll see. I even think without Jenkins and Bakhtiari, I think the Packers win comfortably against the Bears. Robert Quinn, is, as they mentioned, I mean, he's really good up front there. But I, I think this offensive line against that team as a whole can work. And I, we have to note, throughout Aaron Rodgers' career, especially in the last three, four years since LaFleur arrived, he is unstoppable. He is the best 
quarterback to ever grace the earth against the Bears. So, yes, it's one of those deals where I want Lazard back more than anything to see what the passing offense looks like, what the team as a whole looks like when he's there, like the healthy offense. Uh, Tackle-wise, I mean, I would point to the next week against Tampa where you need them back. You you really want them back. It will help the team. I mean, Jenkins back more than anything, but I, I'm not losing sleep over whether they play, I think is the best way to put it. I think they should be able to scheme up a game plan and execute a game plan to win comfortably, even if Lazard, Bakhtiari, Jenkins don't play. Maybe it'd be good. Maybe it'd be good if they had to, you know? Maybe it would be best in the long development of this offense if they had to go another week without Lazard. Is it a... Actually, that's an interesting point, whether Rodgers has to go to go to Watson and go to Dobbs and mm. see how it really works in that without Lazard because Christian Watson's going to be open. He was open all day against Minnesota. He's fast. Yeah. He gets off the line very well. Really impressive athlete. He's going to be open all night. It's a question of whether the ball finds him and whether he catches it. So that's an interesting thought. I would, uh, I think it could be beneficial because maybe they reach a certain point of confidence and trust. Yet I do want to see for projecting forward what it looks like uh, with Lazard there. I was going to ask you, is it I? Is it a good thing? Should we be happy that we're not talking about special teams today? Well, again, it's it's the sword that Amari Rogers fell on. He gave up his <laughs> role on offense to make it his personal mission to clean up the special teams. Oh, man. Uh, you'd go back and watch highlights from the Bears-Packers game at Lambeau last year. It was actually insane how bad the special teams were. It was like a bingo card, and they checked every box of all the different things you could mess up. I was here doing the postgame show with Ebo that week when Bill was out, mm-hmm. and we were sitting here in the studio watching the game and genuinely laughing. It reached a yeah. point where, like, I it, it became funny. It became kind of funny how many ways they found to give the Bears points and then still win by seventeen or fifteen or whatever. Yeah, well, that's what's wild. And here is wanted- uh, Aaron Rodgers. I I have to throw this out there again. Here's Please a comment see. from a couple days ago. Aaron Rodgers talking about the other A. Rodgers on the roster. Yeah, he's returning for us right now. That's all I got on it. Do you know what I learned yesterday, Grant? What's that? It was told to me by uh, one of the people who covered the Packers that you mentioned how he talked about Lucas Patrick, former Packer, and had glowing reviews and talked for three minutes. Meanwhile, his own teammates, he had that to say. Yeah. Did you know that the Lucas Patrick question came directly after the Amari Rogers question? Matt Schneidman asked him about it, right? Matt Schneidman wrote the piece about it at least. Yeah, but it was, they happened back to back. Of course they did. Rogers is such a, such an odd guy. He'll go for minutes on the most random people. Like, oh, that equipment trainer that was here for six years. You know, what do you think about him? And you could write a book. Right. You could you could let that recorder go for five or six minutes and he'll keep talking. But, you know, he's not going to I guess I will say this. Rogers is not a phony. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to wax poetic about a teammate who stinks if the teammate stinks, which I guess is good and bad. Is it worth playing the Lucas Patrick answer just to see the difference there? I I was going to make a joke yesterday. So we listened to Matt LaFleur's presser at one yeah, and the press conference wrapped up and I don't remember what you said, but if you would have came to me and said, Grant, well, what was your takeaway from that presser? What I would have said was, <laughs> should we do the final 45 minutes of the show on Lucas Patrick? 
because Jesus, <laughs> everyone seems to have so much to say about him. But it, it just didn't come up, so I, I let it go. But Matt LaFleur talked about him too. And maybe it's the Packers beat that, you know, it's a good story. Guy comes back to Lambeau where he really built a career for himself. So they were asking Rodgers and LaFleur. It's not like LaFleur and Rodgers just talk about whatever they want. They have to answer the questions. You know, it's like you play who's on your schedule. But man, a lot to say about Lucas Patrick. That Maybe could, we should do a Lucas Patrick hour on the Wisco Sports Show tonight. That's what I was going to say. I mean, we could try to maybe start at 1.06, and I'll start a timer and see how many minutes we could coherently do on Luke, on Lucas Patrick, see how it compares where to Rodgers. Where did he go to college? I wonder if we can get his offensive line coach from college. <laughs> oh, he went to Duke. You're a college guy. Hit up Asher Lowe. Maybe he can find us an assistant coach to talk to. At Duke? To basketball school. It's enough said. Is right. it? Now that Coach K is gone? Oh. That coming up at 135, right after our Lucas Patrick discourse. Uh, my one official statement on Coach K is, I hope the new guy there wins three times as many national titles as Coach K did to show that really it's funny. he was truly a system head coach. A system 877-867-1670. We're going to step away, take a quick break. You want to chime in on the Packers? Make your prediction for Sunday, do it. 877-867-1670. Thoughts on the offense as well. Could take calls coming up. We also have to mention, when we return, old friend Mike McCarthy is in Dallas. Dak Prescott is hurt. It is not going well. There was a certain quote today that needs to be discussed. That is coming up next. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, we are back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. That is Grant Bills. I am Ben Kenny. On this Prediction Football Friday, it's a beautiful one, at least here in Madison. Getting ready for Badgers Packers coming up this weekend. 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the program. If you want to do it, Mike McCarthy earlier today in Dallas, Dak Prescott's hurt, not looking good for that franchise. Jerry Jones might end up just going coaching the team by himself after what has transpired said Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator, a guy, many credit with uh, the success of their offense after Jason Garrett, Mr. Average uh, departed from there was fired. Kellen Moore has to be smarter with his play calling. Grant, my only reaction to this is, I do, do you understand? I, it, it might be true. You might disagree with some of the play calls. Does Mike McCarthy have any concept of what saying that publicly does? Is he? Is he? Does he feel that he, himself is that high on the hot seat where one more loss or one more slide is going to get him fired? Where he has to deflect blame? Where he has to try to throw under other guys under the bus? I don't get this. Well, he should feel that pressure. I, so I, I saw this quote on Twitter and then I saw a longer video. I, I don't know if he is throwing Kellen Moore under the bus. I think he might just be saying, hey, moving forward without Dak Prescott, we're going to have to be even better at coaching and calling plays. So I, I want to believe that maybe he's not trying to throw him under the bus, but Mike McCarthy should feel the pressure. And it just, Mike McCarthy not, might not be a great coach as I trip over my words, but I will say he's had some terrible luck with quarterback injuries. 2017, he was without Rodgers for a while. Rodgers was banged up in 18. 
And then two of the last three years, Dak Prescott has suffered a significant injury. Did you just listen to that question I just answered? <laughs> Dude, I, are you aware of the, the Mike McCarthy quote from 2018, 2017? Let's just state I'm a highly successful NFL head coach. <laughs> that one? part of it. No, there was one where there was like some Kaepernick buzz, like the Packers should go get Kaepernick. And McCarthy went on this just rant at the podium where he basically said, I got three years invested in Brett Hundley. I got three years invested in Joe Callahan. That quarterback room is right where I want it to be. And then they sucked. They were terrible. Brett Hundley and Joe Callahan both. And that moment is statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) That moment is just kind of lived in McCarthy lore. That's how I feel now. It's like, you guys should get Cam Newton. Hey, I got two years invested in Cooper Rush. The quarterback room is right where I want it to be. Yikes. I don't know. Kellen Moore is going to be the head coach, or he should be, or someone else should be. I he just might as well be. It's it's not working there. Like, let's be honest here. It's not working. Even when Dak was playing on Sunday, anyone who watched that game against the Bucs, I, I'm sorry you had to go through that. They yeah. they looked horrible. And Amari Cooper's gone. I get it. But their offense, gener- and the line's banged up. They're almost going to start Jason Peters, uh, Old man Jason Peters at left tackle, who one of the greatest tackles in NFL history, but yeah. he's like 50. Eagle great. Uh, yes. Yes. Eagle great. It's NFC I, North legend. I don't know. It's one of those deals where I, I just I, look at the playoff game. Like, even when it was working, it hasn't worked there in Dallas. Well, this is the problem too. Mike McCarthy might be mid as a coach. He's not very good. But this is the first season really since Dax, really since he was drafted, doesn't have an Alito line. They had to lose Amari Cooper. They had to lose Cedric Wilson, some of their other weapons. Zeke is a year older. They had to lose some talent on defense too. Their offensive line is aging and injured. Like now we are starting to feel the effects and see the effects on the Cowboys roster of Dak's contract, right? This is the first year where we're really experiencing ramifications of the money going to Dak. And I, look, Some, some, not me, but some have compared Dak Prescott to the man across the river, Kirk Cousins. I will not, but some have. I think there's a a real discussion to be had about how Dak's contract affects the rest of the team and whether or not Dak is good enough to make up for the effect on the rest of the team. 100%. That's, I mean, it's the old conversation of, the cap hit a quarterback yeah. brings and, and how much it affects the rest of the roster they put together, whether uh, just uh, whether they're able to bolster the roster around and whether they can live up to it and overcome whatever roster deficiencies are there. That's that's the time old conversation. Bill has it a lot uh, when it came to when Rogers was getting the new contract. So it's something to watch. I think uh, they think he'll be back in, I don't know, six weeks, five, six weeks. Dak, that is. And maybe it turns around after that. But you're already starting off on a really tough foot in what I isn't a great NFC East. Let's be honest, yeah. but it's an NFC East where nobody wins it twice in a row. The team hasn't yeah. won it twice in a row since 2003, four, I think. And the Cowboys won it last year. So history tells you it's not going to work. The Cowboys just aren't that good in the first place too. So they needed to win all the games they possibly could. And they have what the Bengals at home this weekend. I, the one thing that bothers me about Jerry Jones, especially with injuries, it's like, he's going to let this become a circus. Like, Dak should probably be out, I don't know, seven weeks, somewhere around there. But two weeks from now, he's going to be like, wow, Dak looks great. 
Like, he, man, he's going to be back sooner than ever. And it's just going to be a circus week to week with Dak Prescott's hand injury. And that's terrible for the team. Yeah, 100%. 877-867-1670. A lot more to come. We have to step away, take a quick break. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Green Bay, nine and a half point favorites at home against Chicago. Linebacker Preston Smith says after losing to the Vikings 23 to 7, the Packers don't want to lose again to another divisional opponent. And we know this week we got to bounce back and get to who we were known for being. And you just got to go out there and execute better than the team, the opposing team, and not make sure we don't make those simple minimal mistakes we did last week. This is the 29th time Aaron Rodgers has faced the Bears. He owns them in the record books with 23 wins and just five losses in both the regular season and playoffs combined. I love the history of this game and when I got to the squad, Chicago was beating us on the all-time record and now we're up by eight, I believe. So... That does mean a lot to me. Rodgers at his locker also talked about former teammate offensive lineman Lucas Patrick, now with the Bears. Being down on himself and up and down confidence-wise and then starting for us at multiple positions and playing a big role for us at times last year. Excellent teammate, great guy in the locker room, guy you love having on your team, total tough guy. Just an all-around good human being. Last week against the 49ers, Lucas Patrick came in to play right guard despite wearing a cast on that broken thumb and hand he had surgery on in training camp and was asked to compare Green Bay to Chicago. Um, Probably the, uh, you know, it's a little bit smaller town than Chicago. Um, It's a joke, you know. Um, But uh, just the relationships with not only the players but the staff. Um, You know, if you're any place for six years and I had some formative life experiences while there. And so it's hard not to have those relationships and those experiences. So just, yeah, just gratitude and thankful to be here and standing here today and, you know, being a Chicago Bear. That's Bears offensive lineman Lucas Patrick in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Friday, Ben Kenny Grant Bills here with you. Packers, Bears coming up on Sunday night. Coming up at 1.30, Mike Clemens will join the show to preview this weekend's contest. Coming up at noon, we're going through NFL Week 2. What are we watching for? How do we feel about the matchups that are to come on Sunday? 877-867-1670. That is how you get a hold of of the program. I mentioned these news and notes yesterday. So, I mean, obviously week one happened. We're looking for the bounce back with the Packers. A lot of trends are pointing towards as Matt Mitchell, our gambling guy who came on at 1050 also noted a lot of trends where one after week one, when one team is a big letdown, the other has a big emotional win. The next week often can go in the other way where water finds its level, if you will. But there are a bunch of trends to note that are definitely in the Packers favor. Aaron Rodgers, 20 and seven against the spread against the Bears in his career. Six straight covers, six straight wins as well. The Packers have won 11 straight games after a loss in the regular season. That is uh, in terms of the same year, obviously with the Lions last year in week one, technically being back to back, but not really 11 and no against the spread in those games. Aaron Rodgers, 26 touchdowns, one interception in those contests. 
Rodgers versus the Bears on Sunday night football in his career. 23 touchdowns, zero picks in six games. Seventh will be coming up on Sunday. The Packers 22-2 and at Lambeau Field since 2019, since LaFleur took over. And Matt LaFleur has not lost to the Bears. I mean, I the feelings are good today, Grant. I think that's the best way to put it. I, uh, I didn't get much sleep as I maybe would have liked given yeah. some festivities from last night, a uh, birthday celebration, but I, all the feelings are positive. Like they, they're going to win on Sunday. I, nothing tells me they won't. The, uh, the record at Lambeau under Matt LaFleur has been really good. Do you know which team was the first team to knock off Matt LaFleur at Lambeau field? I'm just triple checking that I remember this correctly. 2019. Was it the Eagles? Mm-hmm. It was, it was the Thursday night, Oktoberfest game. I was ruined. Ruined my time at the Oktoberfest grounds with my friends. I was actually at that game. I was really? a yeah junior at UW. My my parents came into town. Uh, it, oh. it happened, I think, three years ago, almost to the day. It was right before my birthday, so uh, mid September, early September. That was, was definitely a football game. September twenty sixth, and it looked so great. And I contend, Ben Kenny, not to discredit your team, but I, I contend that if Devonte Adams would have finished that game, the Packers would have won. 100% they deserve to win. I Really, when you look back at it, that interception on the goal line was such an anomaly. Like a weird, maybe it was P.I., maybe it wasn't, and then yeah. it was tipped up and, play, and picked. Uh, yeah, it, it was just one of those bang-bang, but they were down eight at the time. I believe they were driving to score two, or to score and then get two, then to, to extend the, the yeah. contest. Um, so, yeah. Surprised I Surprised Matt LaFleur didn't kick a field goal. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if that joke cuts as deep as it did after what happened last year. Like the special no. team stuff is still far more glaring. Um, yeah. Good special teams on week one, though, or at least not horrible, which is okay. Like they weren't a catastrophe. Yeah. And maybe I'm scarred because I watched the Badgers play on Saturday and they had the 2021 Packers uh, snafus going on with missed field goals. Uh, kickoff coverage was horrible. They were fielding punts running backwards. Just one of those all of the special teams doesn't work days. But early returns on Pat O'Donnell are positive there. I mean, if special teams was the one thing the Bears had to score last year in this contest, the fact that the Packers seem competent so far on the units, that's positive. And uh, Rich Passaccia did also meet with the media yesterday um, and had some, some thoughts on the special teams. Mainly, and this is the one cut I wanted to play from him, Rudy Ford. The guy they traded for from the or signed from the Jaguars, who was waived, brought him in. Former Eagle, uh, former also with Doug Peterson in Jacksonville, uh, and Basaccia had known him well. They bring Rudy Ford in well. Basaccia talked about Ford on punt and coverage teams versus the Vikings. You know, he's got great speed. He's extremely strong. He's got a lot of time on task out there. So the expectation is he was going to play well, and, and we thought he did. He had a big play on the first kickoff as well. You know, down there inside the twenty-five. He, um, did a good job bullying the guy and then got in position to get an assist on the tackle. And, and uh, we'll expect him to just keep getting better and better as he gets going. I mean, you could talk about the receiving core, but early returns from week one, uh, the investment the Packers have made personnel-wise into special teams where they're getting clear guys that are coming in for that purpose has paid yeah. dividends. That's worth noting. A lot of starters, a lot of, and not just like bottom of the barrel starters, like premier players playing on punt and kickoff. And I saw some, some screenshots on Twitter where people were labeling who is playing on certain special teams plays. Also tip of the cap for Brian Gutekunst watching that bears game over the off season and thinking, man, 
if we can just eliminate special teams from the Bears, we'll never lose to them. So then they went and got the Bears punter. They're like, we're going to we're going to get them where they're strongest. Well, then the Bears went and got the Packers uh, coach and uh, one of their offensive coaches and offensive linemen and, you know, wide receiver. Packers legend J.K. Scott, by the way, had a hell of a game for the Chargers last night. What a punter he is. What a leg on that guy. I I had that moment last night. It was like, oh, that's J.K. Scott. It was the same with Josh Jones on Monday night. Packers second round pick from a few years back. It's like, hey, there he is. I know that guy. Look at that. Yeah, for sure. We're going to step away, take a quick break. When we return, NFL week two is upon us. Talk about the matchups and what to watch this weekend. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. It is the Bill Michael Show. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.